And for those of you who are new, essentially what we're doing is um, we go through these different series. And I I just wanted to do a series that just kind of took the gloves off and said, look, what are we doing here? Why why do I follow God? What am I trying to accomplish? Why am I here on this planet? What have I been doing in the past in my spiritual life that I can change? How How do I just rock my own spiritual world? And so as I was asking myself these questions and kind of trying to just wonder to myself going, man, what, what is my spiritual life all about? I decided let's do a series for me on just taking it to the next level. And so uh, because it's a series for me, you guys get to uh, kind of tag along with what, how I'm trying to just motivate myself, not, not necessarily motivate myself, but I guess challenge myself to not stay stagnant in my relationship with God. Because that's what it's all about. It's, a, it's about a relationship. And just like Jeff and you two were talking about, you know, your marriage, you can stand up here and say, you know, uh, we, we want to build our marriage and it's about communication and it's about give and take and all this kind of stuff. And I can stand up here and have Jesus right next to me going, yeah, it's a relationship. It's about communication, all this kind of stuff. And Jesus could grab the microphone and go, he ain't doing it the way I want him to do it. Right. And we'd all laugh or whatever. But I don't want to hear that from Jesus. I want to hear well done, my good and faithful servant. And so this morning, what we're going to be talking about is fasting. <laughs> Welcome to boot camp. We're going to be talking about fasting. When I, uh, my absolute favorite food in the world is sushi. I could eat sushi for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Some of you are crinkling your nose. Other people are like, yeah, I can't wait till the service is over, right? It's spiritual boot camp. It's four hours long, so get ready. No, I love sushi. And one of my, my, my favorite things to do is to find a good all-you-can-eat sushi place. Because then I can just go for it and I can just see the manager back there going, is he ordering another one? Oh, you know, I just, you know, I just want to get my money's worth. And the one I really like is um, in San Diego. It's called Onami's. I, I think it's a chain. There's probably a few around, but it's kind of expensive. And I don't know if you're like me, but if I'm going to go to an all you can eat place, I plan my whole day around it. Do you ever do you ever do that? It's like if you know you're going to go at night to a great place where they have lots of food, you start going, okay, no, okay, here's, how, here's what I'm going to do for breakfast. It's like you got your day planner out going, okay, I'll have a snack at this time. I want to stretch the stomach out, but I don't want to fill it up. Okay, here we go. You go through your whole different thing. So what I do, I don't typically have breakfast. So I'll have breakfast so that I have a light lunch so that I kind of walk through the door almost faint wanting something to eat. And what, 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 what they do at Onami's is they, they kind of... It's disgusting, really, if you think about it, uh, our American culture. But they kind of funnel you in and you get your tray and your plate and you go past all this food and, you know, you pile it on your plate and then you go and sit down and and eat it. And then they take it and you go back and follow the same process, repeat steps one and two, the the whole thing. So here's what happens at Onami's. You're so hungry that when you first get to the buffet line, they put all the cheap food there first and you get tempted to just like put it on your plate right like a chicken wing or a drumstick or something or whatever something that looks good so here's what I do I get my tray and my plate and I walk through that entire line and there's not one thing on my plate I walk through the entire line till we get to the sushi (laughs) because I'm not going to be filling up on drumsticks and all this kind of stuff and I don't even stop at the sushi 
I go at the very end of the line, they come around, I go to the sashimi. So that there's not even any rice filling me up. It's just expensive fish. And I take my plate and I, I, I get uh, the salmon sashimi and I put a little there. And then I, I well, not, not quite a little, but I, I, I put um, quite a bit there. And then I, I do the tuna and, the, and I put that there. And then there's this big empty spot on my plate. And you think, man, it's all you can eat. What are you doing? Well, tucked away by the salads right, kind of off in the middle, are the Alaskan king crab legs. (laughs) See, they try to get you all filled up and all crazy, but so what I do is I I have my plate and there's a big spot and I get to the Alaskan king crab legs and that's when I pull out the plate that was below the plate that I had. (laughs) You think I'm lying. Because you stack the crab legs on that plate. Now you walk by the manager. Make sure you walk by the manager. Oh, yes, I did, right? (laughs) And you sit down and you take those Alaskan crab legs and you just spend, you're starving, but you just take the time and you crack them all and you get all the meat and that you put the meat on that empty spot. And then you partake. Well, you say grace, right? (laughs) You say, thank you, Lord, for my gluttonous personality and my disgusting, yeah. And, 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 and that's, that's it, because you know you're going to have this meal. Now, why in the world would you spoil this meal? What I want to talk about this morning is fasting. And you say, now, why did you talk about going to an all-you-can-eat place when you're talking about fasting on the other side? Well, here, here's what I want us to see. It's so vital that we understand this. In Romans, there's a verse that, that kind of takes the kingdom of this world. If you're new here, we have these hand motions uh, that we've been doing for years. The kingdom of the world and the kingdom of heaven. And actually, our church hates them, but I still do them. It, it, it takes the kingdom of the world and it, and, it, and, it, and it says, there's another kingdom, a more important kingdom, And the whole Bible is this tension between us living a life in the flesh here, but there's this other thing we sing about, and we will dance on the streets that are golden, uh, the glorious bride and the great son of man, and we go, man, there's something, I sense that, but it's not what I see. And so in Romans chapter 14, it says this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, listen to this, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, there's another meal that's going on, another feast, another way to satisfy a hunger, another thing to plan for in our day. Matthew chapter 5, it's this place called the Beatitudes. Um, And Jesus is talking here, and he kind of sums it up this way. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then he makes the most incredible statement, for they will be filled. There's another meal that has nothing to do with the food that we eat. It's a feast. It will fill us. It's exactly what we need. Jesus uh, was kind of talking after Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 6. And he's talking about this idea of fasting. And essentially, 
what we want to do is we want to take what we do on earth and let it catapult us into the eternal, into the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is talking about these three different things in Matthew chapter 6 that do this. One thing is what Aaron was touching on, which if you were uncomfortable, I guarantee you I was four times more uncomfortable. So take that home with you. Okay, so one of them is prayer. We do that on this earth. We do it here. We take our time. We, we talk to God. And through prayer, it somehow catapults us up into the arms of our Heavenly Father. He hears us. He responds to us. The same is, is giving. We, we give our money here on earth to a church or whatever. And somehow that catapults us. Somehow that investment it, it goes into the eternal somehow. And this is what happens in fasting. When we go without food or whatever, and we're going to go kind of into all that stuff, when we, when we do that, when we make a sacrifice, it somehow catapults us into the arms of our Heavenly Father saying, I'm going to take care of you. And it's so important, this idea of fasting. It's so vital to a, 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 a Christian's life. That Jesus is saying, whatever you do, protect it as best you can. And he gives us these kind of weird rules. They're not really rules, but they're just um, guidelines of what you do to protect this. And he says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 17. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Now for us today, I mean, we're trying to get rid of the oil on our head, right? I mean, isn't that what half of them, you know, you put the stuff on and we don't want, but, but back in the day, this would be just like saying, dude, you know, for ladies, put on some makeup, you know, make gussy up a little, make yourself look good for men, comb your hair, you know, put on your best t-shirt or wh whatever the idea is, protect this. He says, go through a process of making sure nothing gets in the way of you doing something on earth that would stop you from connecting with your heavenly father in heaven. So he says, when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Now watch this. So that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, if you're like me, the temptation is if I'm doing something on earth, I want my reward on earth. Now, that's why you hear sometimes pre preached you know, you give 10%, you're going to get 10 times more. And you're like, that's what I'm talking about. But that's not what the scripture teaches at all. What the scripture teaches is if you can be quiet, if you can take what you're doing on earth and you can just give it as an offering to God, you will be somehow catapulted to the eternal. There will be a need met, uh, whether you want to call it a reward or you're, you will be filled or whatever uh, eternal kind of picture you want to use, that's what's going to happen. And Jesus is saying, guard it. Don't blow it. If you fast and then you're all just about trying to get accolades on earth, you'll get them. Jesus says you'll be rewarded. But that reward is nothing. That reward is picking through the cheap food. When God's got another meal prepared for you that's better. So I, I, I wrote some things. I, it's been a horrible week. You know, I, 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 ha I worked all my sermon and then the kids went to camp 
up at Big Sur and they took my van with my laptop. So my laptop is up with the kids. And so I was at staff meeting on Friday and I was complaining about this and my staff began to mock me uh, and make fun of me. And they telling me it was spiritual boot camp and to buck up and why are you so attached to it anyway? It was, it was a terrible. And so then, <laughs> and then so I had to use another computer and I got in and half my sermon got deleted. So I look at my, the half of my notes aren't even here, but I, they are up here. So here, let me show you these, these things. That, these are some interesting facts about fasting. Number one, the Bible doesn't command fasting. It's really weird. You'd think something about fasting, and Jesus is talking about when you fast, it seems kind of obvious. But see, what we're doing is we're tapping into something that's been going on for thousands of years. It's a spiritual discipline that's just always been around, is fasting. But the Bible doesn't command a fast. The second thing is, the Bible doesn't give a time frame for a fast. Now, we see lots of different examples. We see people who fasted for a day, fasted for a week. They fasted all sorts of different kinds of things. Jesus fasted for 40 days. We, we have all these examples, but the Bible doesn't give a specific time frame. The third thing is, because I forgot and I have to look back, the only prescribed fast, that's right, is the Day of Atonement. So in the Bible, you'll see one time when God says, hey, you should be fasting during this, and it's the Day of Atonement. And guess what? Jesus wiped out the Day of Atonement. Okay, he, he did atone for our sins. There's no more sacrifice. Now, some, some of us can, will fast on Good Friday, kind of like that sacrifice, and just kind of go through that, which, which is fine. Um, and then the, the final thing is that fasting is never an end in itself. We never fast just to fast. It's not just like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to make it hard on myself. I'm going to fast. Well, what is it? I... I Here's the, here's the definition I came up with, and you can read fasting books and go on the internet and probably find a, a much better definition. But as in, through my experience and what I see in Scripture, to me, fasting is putting your body in a position that your spirit should be in. Fasting is placing your body in a position that your spirit should be in. This is, I know it's my definition, but I love it. It's like, <laughs> I feel like the Lord gave it to me. That's why I can say that. But see, here's, here's what we're doing. What we're doing is we're, we're, we're let's just take a day of, of not eating. But what happens to your body? Our bodies are de- designed to have all these alarms going off. Am I not right? I mean, I'm weak when it comes to food. So, so you know, by noon, there are alarms going off. You're going to die <laughs> is, is what happens to my body. If you, if you don't eat in the next 15 minutes, and you'll see my demeanor, will ch- I'll be angry. I mean, I'm, this is survival time for me, okay? And so these alarms go off. You need food. You need food. You get, go get food. And if you take a day fast, by the time you get to the end, your body has just kind of gone, I don't know what you're up to, but you better do something now. Now listen, this is so awesome. That's how our spirit should be. In, in, in feasting with God. See, during my day, if I've been without kind of just kind of connecting with God, of, of, uh, maybe I'm in a situation in business and I'm at a meeting and things are starting to get anxious and things are starting to maybe tear down a little bit and we had this deal and it looks like the deal's going south or whatever. It's at that time when my spirit should go, man, you, you, need, to, you need to connect with God. You're starving right now. Now see, we say, no, no, I'm just nervous. 
But that's our spirit going, you got to connect with God or you're stressed out or whatever. See, fasting is placing your body in a place that reminds us that our spirit should be that hungry. Our spirit should be that preoccupied. You know what I'm saying? I mean, isn't that where you want to be in your walk with God? I mean, don't, don't you, I, I don't know, maybe not, but I mean, don't you just want to be like when, 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 it, when, when it hits the fan, you go, man, I better get it. I better do something and get, get with God. Because I, I just, I hunger for him. And God has this promise. When you get there, when you're like that, when you hunger and you thirst for righteousness, you're going to be filled. He's got a meal prepared. It's ready to go. Come, come on over. And our, our problem is, or at least my problem is, I don't have the patience. I'm hungry now. I want to be filled now. What fasting does is it connects us with those feelings and says, you know what? You don't need to be fed right now. You can wait. You can do it. Seek after God. Be patient. The meal's coming. And what I find in fasting is that I begin to think about the next meal. Again, I'm weak and lame, okay? So I understand that. So if you can't connect with this, it's okay. But I'm usually thinking about breakfast around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, of the next day. Like, okay, fine. I'll go to the rest of the night. But breakfast, first I'm going to stop off at Norm's. And I'm going to get a steak and egg thing. Then, if I still make, I might not even go into work. I might just go straight to, right? You're thinking about all this stuff. This is exactly where God wants our spirit to be. Okay, I got to get through this meeting. I got to get through this meeting. But I think... I can steal away and just get into my car and go, God, I need you right now. Or, I can't. I gotta, we got to go do this. We got to go do that. But when I get, if you're a business traveler, when I get to my hotel room, I'm just going to quiet everything down. I'm going to pull out the word and just whew, get my next meal. So what, 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 is, what does the Bible say about fasting? Does that, does that make sense, what I'm saying? Okay. Fasting is connected with spiritual discomfort. Okay? Fasting, you don't see in the Bible, and there was great rejoicing in fasting. (laughs) You don't see there was a huge celebration, and all the people got together and fasted. There's some type of spiritual angst that's associated with with, with fasting. And so we want to stay away from that. We don't like that. We don't like to be discomforted. But but there should be some type of spiritual anxiety. Go ahead and do the study yourself. I couldn't find it, but another instance, but every single time there was mourning, confession, prayer, weeping. There was some type of spiritual anxiety, some type of thing going, God, I need you desperately right now. Every single time. This is why Jesus, the Pharisees come to Jesus and they say, hey, uh, your disciples don't fast. Why don't they fast? Now, the, 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 the Pharisees, the cool thing about the Pharisees, they had the whole thing worked out. They, they fasted the second and fifth day of every week. And that was the day that the markets were open. So they could walk around. Oh, you know, I'm going to buy some food, but I have to eat it tomorrow because I'm in a huge fast. Right? They had the whole thing worked out. And the Lord's going, great. Hope you dig that reward. I had something so great for you prepared. Hope you like that chicken wing gnaw on that for a while but i had oh man i was just carving up some prime rib you were going to be so satisfied 
So they had it all figured out. And so they come to Jesus and they go, how come your, your disciples don't fast? And Jesus said, why would they fast? I'm here. There's no reason to mourn, no need to, I'm right with them. But I'm going to leave. Oh, and then they're going to fast. And they did. When they started their ministry, it started with fasting. There's going to be some type of spiritual discomfort during your fast, when you fast, there should be a sense of, God, I'm just falling short, man. I care about this food more than I care about you. Again, this isn't, we're not lashing ourselves, but there, this is what happens when you fast. This is part of the launching process, and it's why we don't like it. Second thing, fasting is always connected to communicating with God. There's always some type of communication with God. If you fast just to fast and discipline yourself and go, I can make it through the day without food, it's not a true fast. Every single time there's communication with God, whether it be through mourning, confession, prayer, petition, whatever the, whatever the thing is, you're always communicating with God. And this is important because God's going to walk you through this process of denying yourself food or whatever it is. And thirdly, fasting must have the right heart or it's no good. You've received your reward. Now, I want, I want to be very careful here because s- some of us will get through. This is what happened to me and Lisa. I'll tell you a quick story and then you'll kick me out and get a new pastor. Um, Lisa and I decided we're going to fast as a couple. Dun, 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 dun. I think I might have already told this story, but it's just so pathetic, it needs repeating. Uh, so so, so we, we decided uh, we were going to fast together as a couple, and we were going to pray as a couple and all this kind of stuff. It came about 5 o'clock that I think the bottom fell out. Uh, this is why I fast alone now, okay? Because <laughs> you get two hungry people in a car, you know, Especially like a husband who, you know, the wife's just like, you know what I learned today? I'm just like, I don't care anymore. You know, uh, I'm immature, you know, all this kind of stuff. So we start fighting. Isaiah 58 talks exactly about this, about our quarreling when you fast. So we start fighting. You know what we did? We pulled in and just got something to eat. <laughs> we just went out to dinner. Now, listen, you... I could sit and just go, you know, that's just pathetic. But a lot of great stuff happened before it fell apart. And this is important because as you think about having the right heart, you're going to fail. You're not going to always have the right heart. I certainly don't. And, and, and so, so what it is, is it's the right intent of God. I'm doing this because I want to grow with you, not because it's something I have to do. It's very important. Joel 2.12 says this. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me. See this, with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning, you get all three of those things right in that one section of scripture. There's something that happens in the eternal realm when we fast. It's it's weird. I can't explain it. But when we go through this process of denying ourselves, all those body alarms that are going off, we just take and go, God, could I hunger for you like that? What, what if I went with, without you for three hours? Would I hunger for you? Why, why can't I go four days without you and not get hungry? Why, God? See, these are the questions that we need to ask ourselves when we're fasting because they're important. And again, I don't come as an authority on this. I come as a student going, asking myself the same question every time I fast. Why is food more important to me than God? 
And when I, when I begin to process through that, and I, 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 you know, sometimes I will just cry and just go, what, what is that? Aaron was talking about crying. I almost started crying. Don't do that, right? It got me all emotional. But why? It goes on. I, I want to read part of this part of Isaiah, and then we'll, we'll move forward. But it's not, I just have one of the verses up there. I'm going to read, kind of just give you the idea of God's heart when it comes to this. In Isaiah 58, 4, he says this, your fasting ends in quarreling and strife. I'm like, so? You know, I guess. You know, and yours ends with, I don't know. Okay, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. You got to do it a different way, God's saying. You got to do it in a way that is really drawn close to me. And then he kind of goes on and he starts asking, uh, through Isaiah, he's asking the people of Israel, is this really what it's all about? A day to humble yourself? Just a day to go, oh, I want to go without food. Is that what it's become? One day? He goes, let me tell you the kind of fast I want. And, 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 and he says this unbelievable thing because it has nothing to do with fasting. He says, is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? Listen to this, guys. This so gets to the heart of God and gets to the heart of this church. To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke, Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Isn't there something that we can give up that gets us back connected with our own depravity and gets us back to loving God and loving people? See, fasting gets our focus off of us or at least it shows us how much we're focused on ourselves. Watch what happens when we come to God with this type of attitude. It's just incredible. Now, listen, as, we, as we're, we're going to read this verse, as we get to it, I want you to think about your own spiritual walk. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. There's something amazing in the eternal that happens when we fast with the right heart. When, when we put our bodies in a position that our spirit should be in, there's something amazing that happens. And what ends up happening is we spoil our appetite, or at least I do. I spoil my appetite on stuff that doesn't satisfy. Joey Vargas had a great, uh, Joey's married to Jean Vier, who's our church administrator. Jean Vier, would you raise your hand so everyone knows who our church administrator is there? And our sound person. Okay, Joey's married to Jean Vier, and Jean Vier's married to Joey. They're married together. Okay, he puts this post on his Facebook this week. He says, why do we fight over the world's leftovers when the main course doesn't even satisfy? That's profound to me. And it gave me a good point for my sermon, so that was awesome as well, right? But what happens is, here's what happens. I'm stressed out from work, so I come home and I turn on the television, that's a snack. I maybe escape in a book of fiction. That's a snack. I get on my Facebook. That's a snack. And I try because I feel anxiety or I feel uncomfortable or I didn't have a good day or whatever. I need immediate gratification and God's going, no, wait. I'll satisfy that need. Just wait until it's time for dinner. 
Don't, don't turn that on. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't, just wait for my meal. You will be filled. And what ends up happening is, after I've satisfied myself with all these things that the world has to offer me, and none of them in them themselves are bad, but it's just, I feel bad about this. All right, let me see what's going on on CNN. Let me do this. Let me do that. I've, I've filled myself up. When it comes to God, I'm like, yeah. We were putting Jesse to bed, and Lisa said, Jesse, do you, do you have anything to thank God for? And he goes, you know, for today? And he goes, well, he hasn't really done anything, right? I started thinking, that's me. That's me. I mean, it's easy to look at the 10-year-old kid and go, dude, what are you talking about? First of all, you got parents that are together. You're on their house. I mean, you, why are you little, you know, ungrateful, ungrateful, whatever thing you put in the front. You know, all, all, you know right? But listen, that's me. See, maybe God isn't doing things that I want him to do because I'm not letting him do them. I'm doing them. I feel sad, so I go on my favorite website. I feel stressed, so I turn on my favorite TV show. I, 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 and God's going, oh man, really? Do you know what I had prepared for you, dummy? I hope those chips were good because I had prime rib going. And see, knowing what God has for me, I can replan my day, can I? I can start thinking, you know what? I'm going to be with the Lord tonight. I'm not going to stress out about this right now. I'm not going to fill up on that. I'm going to get home. I'm going to steal away. I'm going to get into the word. I'm going to go, God, you promised me happy is the one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for they will be filled. Fill me with your meal. Another verse real quick. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. He will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like spring whose waters never fail. This is the promise. When we begin to fast and we begin to desire this relationship with God. Listen, there are few things that are more dangerous to Satan than a hungry Christian. There are few things that he fears most. I mean, a Christian who's like, bump it. I don't care what you're going to put in front of me. I'm waiting for God. There are few things that are more dangerous to Satan than a hungry Christian. And there are few things that are more dangerous to the church than stuffed Christians, in my humble opinion. When I'm full and I don't have a care and I don't have a need for God, then I start looking around the church going, you know, why do they do that? Why don't they do that? I'm not, that doesn't satisfy me. How come the song, I don't like this song. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like that. Why? Because there's no hunger. You know, when I first loved, learned to love broccoli, I remember the day I was starving and that's all there was. And there are churches all over the world who have nothing like we have. And they come to church starving for the word of God. And they don't fill out flaps. They don't fill out anything because they're hungry. But when I'm not hungry, then I want, I want something that tastes good. It's not to fill my hunger. It's just I want my taste buds tantalized. We cannot become that church that comes every Sunday and just goes, perform for me, monkeys. I want something that's going to entertain me. 
We have to come with a hunger and an expectation. I know that's hard. But it's boot camp. <laughs> right? Here's what I'm going to challenge us to do as the worship band comes back. I'm going to challenge you this week to fast a day of food. Now, I know some of you have, I mean, at least it's like, well, you know, some people are diabetic. I, look, I, I don't, <laughs> I, oh, fine. I mean, if you're, I don't want to kill anybody, okay? So you just go check with your doctor or do whatever you need to do. But here's the thing. I, I would challenge you to go a day this week fasting. A full day of no food. Now, it's not going to do anything for you unless you go and you attach all those feelings and all those things and say, God, this is what I want my spirit to be like. And so during that time, you, we're praying. And it's not just food. I, I kind of listed out some things of some things you can fast. And I didn't put time frames on them. This is all to just allow the Holy Spirit the time to just talk to us about this. So all media, okay, that's, that's everything. Uh, TV, um, uh, magazines, um, internet, news stuff, anything, talk radio. Well, not talk radio. That's not really media. It's just stupidity. I mean, okay, so then you got, um, you got all food. You could, you could do all food. Keep going. Yeah, having to have the last word. You could fast, listen, a day or even a week of you're not going to be the last person to say something in a conversation. It's hard, <laughs> okay, especially for me. Okay, coffee, okay, right? Hey, don't, this is spiritual boot camp, people. Okay, here we go, next. Sugar, next. Video games, next. Facebook, Twitter, stop at Facebook, Twitter. Oh, man, okay. Doesn't that seem impossible now? I mean, doesn't, I mean, for those of us or those of you or whoever, because I don't even know what Facebook is, I had to look at, no. Okay, for those of us who kind of are keeping up with everybody, doesn't it now seem impossible to give up Facebook? It didn't even exist seven years ago or whatever, okay? Go. Personal texting. Now, some of you text for work and you can't tell your boss, you know, yeah, I ain't texting anymore. Well, text the client. Yeah, fasting. Sorry. <laughs> can't do it. Matter of fact, I'm not even coming in. Okay, talk to you later. Right, can't do that. Personal texting. Next. I think it's email. Oh, talk radio. Okay, you can fast that for the rest of your life. Next one. Your daily ritual. I, I, I come down on, on, on talk radio because uh, I would be tempted to listen to it. I can't listen to it because I'll listen. Talk radio to me is just where you get your instructions to be angry. Like, I need to be angry today. What about? You turn on, oh, yeah, that's it, thanks. Okay, your daily ritual. Do you have a daily ritual that you do every day? Not brush your teeth, not that one, but you, you can fast that. Go ahead, next one. Fiction books, next one. Email, try fasting email for two days. I did it, it's impossible. Go ahead, next. Uh, all internet, all of it, if you want to go hardcore, Next. Shopping. This includes browsing catalogs. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> comfort food or drinks. If you have a comfort food or drink that you have, fast that. Next. Relaxation medication. That might be back up to drinks. I don't know. Next. <laughs> Movies. I think that might be it. Yeah. Dating, I think, was the last one. Yeah. Listen, you're like, dude, what is that? Okay, what was it? Oh, your cell phone. Oh, and a hobby, if you have a hobby, right. Turn off your cell phone for a day, right? 
Listen, what is this list for? This list is to allow you to open up and start to think, God, what is my God that I need to just put aside? What, what, what's the thing that's distracting me? What is the thing that if I, if, I, if I had to get rid of it for a week would kill me? And why would it kill me? And so I'm calling us to a fast as a church. Pick a day of food. But you might want to pick, since it's spiritual boot camp, something else for the rest of this month. You might want to pick something, you know, just as you're going, having your quiet time. And you go, yeah, you know what, Lord, tomorrow, no personal texting for me. I, I just want to get back in touch with what it was like when you were the one I first went to. 